Welcome. Welcome to the Rideshare Misfit Podcast, a podcast about rideshare and the gig economy. Each episode, we deliver insight to industry trends, money-making strategies, industry news, and more. And now, here's your host, Chris Sost. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode, I really wanted to kind of talk about, um, you know, the, the perspective that we bring um, to the gig economy, because I believe just fundamentally throughout everyone's life, like perspective is key to everything. You know, the reason why people are happy is because they have perspective. It's not because they have cash, although I'm sure cash helps, but perspective brings just this, this overwhelming calming feeling, if you will, um, you know, to even the, the worst of the worst situations. So knowing where you fit in the big picture of the gig economy has been how I continue to evolve as a rideshare misfit. You see, it's not that I'm looking to quote unquote break the rules. It's more like I understand my relationship with the companies I contract with and I leverage everything possible to benefit me. As a, as a contractor, as an independent contractor, as a person, if you are in sales, 1099 sales, you know what it is. You are on an island. It is you against the world. Um, so, you know, bringing that, that mentality into the gig economy, you know, you have to understand your relationship with each company and understand if they are in it for themselves that you have to be in, in it for yourself. Um, and you have to leverage everything possible to benefit yourself. So I kind of wanted to, to answer some questions uh, just to kind of help those that may be new um, or really haven't thought about it. And the reason why I want to ask the questions is because when I get into a lot of discussions online, I have a lot of information about all the companies and it makes me it makes it seem weird that I know all this stuff, but it's it's because number one, I kind of find it interesting, but number two, that information is actually power for me. So the first question, you know, the first of four questions is who is Uber? Second is who is Lyft? Who is Instacart? And who is DoorDash? These seem to be the four biggest companies that people are contracted with. So I, I kind of want to answer these uh, to the best of my ability. Who is Uber? Now, it, you know, if you started way back when, like 2014, 2015, then, then the way you look at Uber is, oh, it's, it's a ride share company. Yeah, it's kind of a rideshare company, but it's kind of growing. And that's kind of, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about today. Um, they really are a, a, a transportation, like logistics company in general, right? So it's, it's not just delivering people, but it's delivering food, delivering freight. They are launching Uber Works, which was technically in the works before the pandemic. However, the pandemic has really accelerated that. Um, one of the interesting pieces of news with Uber is they actually just sold their, their uh, micro-mobility uh, company, Jump, that they acquired. They sold that in an investment into Lime, and now Lime and Uber are going to fully integrate over time. Their apps will integrate together, which I see as a really great relationship for Uber. Number one, it unloads a part of their company that may not have been profitable, but number two, it makes one of their competitors bigger that they now have a strategic partnership with. So it's going to strengthen both companies. And the most recent news that I think just came out yesterday, if I'm not, you know, not mistaken, is um, Uber is now in takeover talks uh, with uh, Grubhub. 
Now, for anybody that's been following Uber and Grubhub for the past year, there's there's always been this talk. And it's because Uber is is kind of understanding that as it continues to grow out of rideshare, that it, it always wants to be number one or number two in a market when it comes to any of their platforms. So as long as they're one or two in food delivery, one or two in rideshare, um, or you know, and one or two in you know freight logistics and stuff like that, they will feel a lot better about it. However, when it comes to food delivery, it is ultra competitive. You have DoorDash, you have Postmates, you have Grubhub, you have Uber Eats. And I think there's a whole bunch of regional ones, but they're really not even on the radar really in terms of, in terms of actually uh, competing. Um, so when you, when you look at the dynamics of the food delivery market, it really is uh, DoorDash, Grubhub, and Uber Eats. That's the top three. And depending on the metrics is you know where Uber falls. In some metrics, it falls in number two. In some metrics, it falls in number three. So an acquisition of Grubhub really makes sense from Uber's standpoint because it, it, it only strengthens their position in the food delivery market and helps them you know, gain more market share in another industry. And for Uber, it's all about verticals. And that's why I haven't called Uber a rideshare company in probably two, three years now because they, they really are growing out of it. Um, so who is Lyft? Pretty simple. They're a rideshare company, uh, a North American rideshare company, period, in the story. Um, really cool brand, um, really cool story, community-based rideshare company. They kind of have their hands in micro-mobility with, um, I believe they own Citibank uh, bikes, and they also have their own scooters. Um, but really, that, that's, that's pretty much their, their whole kip and caboodle. They really are a pretty small company. And in terms of the competition between Uber and Lyft, I don't even really see them competing directly. Like Lyft is, is competing with a part of Uber and then Uber is just kind of like, honestly, Uber is, Uber is fighting across the whole host of industries um, or micro industries, whatever you want to call them. Um, who's Instacart? Real easy grocery delivery company. Pretty cool. Um, their primary competitor is Shipped. I'm sure that there's some local uh, or regional, excuse me, companies that they're competing with. But really, when it comes to the grocery delivery space, it's Instacart, Shipped, and kind of like Amazon because Amazon owns Whole Foods. So if you're an Amazon Flex driver, you not only get uh, Amazon delivery, like Amazon package deliveries, but you get uh, access to Amazon Fresh um, and, and other things. Who is DoorDash? DoorDash is, I believe, the number one uh, market share wise food delivery company, uh, at least in the United States. Don't know a whole lot about, you know, globally, but they are number one in, in that respect. And they're, they are pretty big and they're, they're doing well. So as a gig worker, right now that you know a little bit about all these companies, you go, well, well how, like, why does understanding who these companies are even matter? And it's because as a contractor, it's your responsibility to know who you're contracted with how that company's going to benefit you, and when it's time to end that contract. This is the biggest thing, and it's the one thing that I see the most frustration with by gig economy contractors. They get so married or like, uh, yeah, married to, to a company, and then it's like, well, Uber's not doing this for me, or, or Lyft's not doing that for me, or Instacart's doing this, or, or DoorDash isn't doing that. And it's like, you're a contractor. Learn, adapt and move on. You see, if you understand what Uber is doing as a business, you've already come to terms with the fact that they really don't give a fuck about you 
or me or anyone else other than their shareholders, which is honestly how it should be right now. Coming to terms with the reality of our relationship with a company gives you incentive to figure out ways to make the platform work for you as best as you can. And when it no longer works for you, guess what you need to do? You need to move on. It's that simple. Guys, we live in 2020 now. It's, it, this, isn't, this isn't 1989, not 1972. You're not going to work for these companies forever. You're not going to get a pension. You're not going to get, you know, uh, all these other benefits that, that people are looking for, honestly. So do as a misfit would. Understand what it is that the Uber platform does for you. What does it give you access to? That's probably the biggest thing that I learned as a misfit, really, and, and kind of why I've always thought differently is, is for me, I'm, I'm always thinking about how, how can I leverage uh, a particular feature on, on an app? So if you've made it this far, you're going to get a little, quick little nugget from me. I, when I was driving, I, you know, I t- with obviously uh, COVID-19, I've uh, stopped driving people publicly. However, that may change here in the near future. But as of right now, I haven't done a ride since late March. But when I was driving, I leveraged the shit out of the destination filter because I understood that when you know, as a driver, if you were in an area at a particular time of day and you set your destination filter to the airport, there could be five other drivers within the same radius as you, um, as a, as a passenger, you're in the same five minute radius and the Uber app will prioritize a driver going to the same destination as a rider. Now, You can also leverage it other ways. So you can go a little bit past if you want to. It gives you a little bit more, um, gives you a little bit more flexibility. But really, you know, I would get up early in the morning, like 4 a.m., drive way out in the middle of BFE, like where all the, the affluent business people were on like a Monday morning, set my destination filter to the airport. And within five minutes, ping, what was it? $45, $50 ride to the airport. And I, you know, I would, that's, that's what I would do. I would leverage each thing. I would test each feature. You know, how did I figure out that they were picking me every time I had another device open and I seen all the drivers around me and I still got a ride before everybody else did. And it always turned out that me and the passenger were going to the same destination. So for those that made it this far into the podcast, you're welcome. That's how you can leverage the destination filter to work for you. Not going to say it's going to work, you know, all throughout the day, every day. However, it will work for you a lot of the times. So, you know, I, I just, I felt like it was really important to bring some perspective uh, to, to the gig economy contractors out there in knowing a little bit about each company and how news like Uber acquiring or potentially acquiring Grubhub can potentially help you as a contractor because that's going to be more people ordering. Now, there was talk, and this is where we're going to kind of like go off the script or off the topic for a second. There was also a rumor of Uber potentially buying Lyft. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, well, you know, the federal government would have something to say about that. I don't think Lyft is in uh, great financial health, which would negate the whole monopoly thing, because Either Uber buys Lyft while it still can make money off the sale, or Uber just waits until Lyft goes under and then buys it in bankruptcy, at which point they make, you know, they do it pennies on the dollar. 
But I think the reason why Uber, you know, sh- you know, shifted away from Lyft is because if they were to buy Lyft, let's just pie in the sky here, right? Right, quick, little whiteboard session. If they were to buy Lyft, they would really be committed to this whole rideshare thing. And they would be committing to rideshare in a time when social distancing is going to be the norm for the foreseeable future. And some people don't know when or if rideshare will ever get back to the level at which it was used pre-pandemic. Now, I think it will eventually, but there's a lot of people that don't. There's also a record number of people buying cars, which also tells me that you know a lot of consumers, at least short-term thinking-wise, are like, you know what, I'm going to be driving for the foreseeable future and not using Uber and Lyft. So I think that may have played into their, to their decision-making and going, you know what, let's stop focusing on Lyft and let's, let's focus on this thing that we know um, will continue to grow because I think food delivery is going to continue to grow even post-pandemic. Why? Because I think a lot of social distancing measures are going to continue and, you know, food delivery and grocery delivery, I think are just going to become state more of a staple in our lives than we even realize today. So thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day. Thank you for joining me this week on the Rideshare Misfit Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, rideshareMisfit.com, where you can find more tips, strategies, and popular industry insight. Are you on social media? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Links are on our website.